Hey everybody, this is Daniel Patrick, and this is episode number 202 of the Mandolins and Beer Podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, The Mandolin Cafe. It's also brought to you in part by Acoustic Disc. And they just released an incredible live show from old and in the way, and you can only get it over at Acoustic Disc. It's phenomenal. So go over to Acoustic Disc, and while you're there, sign up for their email list and get yourself a free treat of the week. That's right, every week. Usually on Thursday, actually I think it's always on Thursday, they send you a free song. So head on over to Acoustic Disc. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody is doing well. It is 78 degrees, or going to be 78 degrees here in Charleston today. My uh, Tom Petty tribute band, we're playing our last show of the year at the incredible Charleston Poorhouse, which is a killer venue that a lot of, a lot of bands, a lot of guests that are on the show, they play there often, so it's always an honor to play there, and it's going to be nice because tomorrow it's going to be 20 degrees cooler. So if you're in the Charleston area and you're listening to this on November 10th, come on out to the poorhouse. Really looking forward to it. My guest this episode is Brian Oberlin. He plays in full chord. They won the Telluride Band competition. They've won the Momentum Artist of the Year from IBMA, and they have a brand new album called Cambium, and it is out today, November 10th. Dark Shadow Recording, Stephen Mojan. The album's incredible. You're going to hear a bunch of samples from that album. And as I always say, go out and buy that album if you like it. It makes such a huge difference for the artist and for the label. Support your favorite mandolin player. And speaking of support, let me get into the uh, people who support this podcast every single week. Peghead Nation. With Peghead Nation's streaming video courses in mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle, dobro, ukulele, and bass, you'll learn bluegrass, old time, and other styles from some of the most talented players and instructors in Roots music today. Who do you ask? Well, how about Sharon Gilchrist, Joe K. Walsh, Mike Compton, John Reichman, Aaron Weinstein, Marla Fibish, Chad Manning, and Ian Corey? As a matter of fact, Looks like John Reisman was there doing some new lessons just this week for his old-time course. The courses include high-quality multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation and tab, play-along tracks, and plenty of tunes and songs to play. The best part, of course, is if you join any of Peghead Nation's video courses now, you get your first month for free. Go to PegheadNation.com, use the promo code MANDOLINBEER, all one word, at checkout. Northfield Mandolins. Brian is a Northfield Mandolin user. Let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com or download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. Ear Trumpet Labs. I just used my Ear Trumpet Lab microphone Sunday evening. It was awesome. Awesome. They hand build microphones in Portland, Oregon. Their mics are beautifully designed. They have great feedback rejection for live use in the most natural tone you'll find for acoustic instruments. Check them out at eartrumpetlabs.com today. Pava Mandolins, dedicated to building for the impassioned player out in Austin, Texas. Pava Mandolins, tone slabs. Get yourself a slab of tone. They've got the shapes, the sizes. You got a style of pick that you like to use, they can make it for you. So head on over to Tone Slabs and tell them Daniel Patrick sent you. I love my Tone Slab pick. I've been using it since I got it. Hey, the holiday season is upon us. And one of the best gifts I think you could possibly get the mandolin player in your life is the new Roger Simonoff book that he has just put out. The Life and Work of Lloyd Allaire Lore. This is uh, this thing that Roger put together. It's, it's, it's so much more than a book. It's incredible. And the only way I can really tell you about it is just you got to get one. 
Um, it answers a bunch of questions, such as, what did Lloyd actually do at, at Gibson? Yeah, well, you'll find out when Lore left Gibson in October of 1924, who actually tested and proved and signed the labels for the 26 master model instruments made in November and December of 24. The answer's in there as well. Heck, when did Lloyd leave Gibson? It's all in there. Head on over to SiminoffBooks.net now and get yourself a copy so you can have it for the mandolin lover or for yourself. Treat yourself uh, for the holidays. And Elderly Instruments, my award-winning friends from Elderly Instruments. Small business of the year. What a great accolade. Elderly Instruments is your trusted source for new, used, vintage, and fretted stringed instruments. For the experienced beginner player, their vast selection of mandolins, guitars, banjos, ukuleles, and did I say mandolins? Includes all of the accessories and books to go with them. All instruments are inspected and set up for easy playability, and they're down-to-earth Knowledgeable staff, award-winning staff, are there to help. They're in their 51st year. They're family-owned and operated. They ship worldwide. You can visit them anytime at elderly.com. Heck, I'm sure my guest this week, Brian Oberlin, spent some time in Elderly. Let's get into this episode once again. You can get their brand-new album, Cambium, today. It's obviously on all the streaming sites. It's on all the places where you can buy music. I highly recommend you follow the link in the description here. All the tracks you are going to hear are from this album. It's fantastic. Let's get into this episode with Brian Oberlin. Cheers, everybody. Man, this is a, a true pleasure, as always, to welcome back to the podcast here, Brian Oberlin. Brian, how's it going, buddy? Hello, hello. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to have you. Have you back, no less. Yeah, man. Number two. Number two. And this is a big, big week for you guys. You guys have a brand new album. This will come out on Friday, the day the album comes out. Cambium is the new album on Dark Shadow. And uh, you're playing the Station Inn on Friday, tonight, if you're listening live today to this podcast. Yeah, man, Station Inn. I've been there a handful of times when I was a youngin', but uh, never gigged there. So this is my first gig, um, and I think it's the first gig for all of us there. Probably not Lloyd, but... Wow, that's going to be incredible, man. Yeah, man. And you guys, dude, before we dig into the album, you guys have been tearing the road up this last year. We have. Yes, from Maine to Arizona. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. Good thing for planes. Yeah, no kidding, right? How how many dates? Do you have any idea how many dates you guys did this year? Um... Around 60 so far. Nice. So so not like tons, but, you know, maybe 65. A lot of miles between them, though. Yes, yeah, and like 80, you know, 70 to 80% of those were all like July, August, September. So we were like a baseball team in <laughs> August and September. <laughs> it was cool. Oh, that's excellent. You guys did the uh, 50th anniversary of the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, too. Yeah, man. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time, too. 
Yeah, have we talked? Have we talked since you guys? God, did we talk before you guys won the band competition? I think we might have. We did, yes. Yeah. So, what was that like? Uh, for those who don't know, I mean, they have a, a, a band competition every year, and then the winner gets to come back and play the main stage the next year. And and Full Chord won that competition. We did. It was it was exhilarating, man. As contests go, um, being on that stage, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it's the big time, man. It's just in terms of stages go for for our type of music, uh, it's the big one. And it was, and, and and it was funny. Like those who have watched it or or were there will remember that it was at least for for us in the band. It was momentarily heartbreaking <laughs> because, <laughs> because the I think that. You know, the the lady that was doing the announcing, she may have been, when she was looking at her judge's tally marks, maybe she was reading it from the bottom up or something. I don't know. But but she got to third place and said, full cord. Oh, no. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, that, you know, that kind of sucks. But, you know, an instant later, I had accepted that. And I was like, cool, you know, this was great. And then there was silence, and she's like, uh, uh, I, I think I, uh, uh, no, this is, this is not right. And then, <laughs> so she backtracked, and, uh, yeah, it was just some awkward silence, and then, yeah, and then she remedied it, but, uh, it was, I felt bad for the other bands that thought that they were, you know, still in the running. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, at least they didn't announce the uh, the third place band as a winner, and then they had to go from the uh, victory to the agony of defeat. You got to do the, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's better the way it worked out for you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like getting your gold medal ripped. From <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what was it like to go back there and play then after you won? And because um, you get to play, do you play just the like a couple songs on that set, or do you actually play a full set after you win the year that you find out you win? Um, the year when the year that you win it or that we won it, we played. I think they gave us like three songs um, to play the main stage or something like that. Yeah. Like a sort of a little tweener set. If I remember correctly, it was kind of a whirlwind, but, but this year, 2023, when we came back, we got a full set in and that was, that was incredible. And it was, it was horrible weather. Um, you know, it had been snowing and raining. <laughs> for oh, man, several- no like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we went on Saturday at 11 a.m. And uh, it was pretty funny. Like, you could see that that the snow was, or excuse me, that the sun was trying to come out. And uh, we're on like our third tune, and Eric Langyans on the guitar, he was taking a solo. And all of a sudden, the crowd went crazy. 
And I was like looking at Eric. I was like, man, I was like, he must do it. He must be ripping it. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> so I was like, you know, just, you know, Eric is doing his thing, but man, the crowd is really, really getting into this. But then I kind of looked up and looked around and the sun had come out. So, so we brought the sun. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, that's great. He's crushing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, damn, Eric. Get <laughs> and then, um, so you have this brand new album coming out and, and you guys recorded with Dark Shadow. How was that experience? I love Mojo. He's such a great guy. Yeah, man. Uh, Mojin is fantastic. It was a, it was a great experience. He is a really fine vocal coach, primarily. Um, I think he'd tell you that too. Um, he excels at it. I've never been in the studio or around anyone so much that was so great at singing and teaching it. Um, you know, there's always in our field we spend so much energy, you know. Uh, focusing on our playing and stuff and doing the right notes. And, and he was, whenever there was a vocal tune involved, he really got us working and thinking about, like, you know, singing certain words, you know, going th uh, through the top of your mouth, on the roof of your mouth, and out your front teeth. And this word should be sung this way. And, and it was really cool. He, uh, and, and not only that, but like the emotional side of things, you know, I'd sing something and he'd be like, he'd stop the tape and he'd give me that mojo look and be like, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, he, um, yeah, we, oh yeah, we all, we all laughed and cried and, and got the, uh, got the good vocal takes. It's, I would say. It's probably one of my best vocal performances on a record. Your voice sounds killer on it. It really, really does. And I've listened to a bunch of your stuff. And I was like, man, this is a fantastic. They really captured your voice. It's been a few days, more than several, since you left me in the dark that night. Not a word do I remember. I was busy getting wrong and feeling all right. She was always so realistic when I was delusional. She helped me find the doorway through my double wide vision down the hall. With my heart drowned in bourbon. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, Mojo is uh, Mojo's the man. Yeah. So what was it like to work with uh, Dark Shadow? Were you, was it, I mean, that kind of came from IBMA. Was that, I, I remember seeing Mojo and like maybe the, the evening of that Saturday and the, not this past year, but the year before, I believe it was. Gosh, it could even have been the year before that. Anyway, they were talking yeah. about their two favorite bands that they saw and it was you guys and Twisted Pine were the two bands that really blew their mind. And then shortly after that, it seems like it was announced that you, uh, you guys were going to be working with Dark Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, he, I think he had expressed interest. He had communicated with us before IBMA 2021. Um, so we kind of knew that he was, or that we were on his radar, um, and he wanted to meet us. And so he was, he would just kind of, you know, poke his head around anytime we'd be playing at IBMA and 
and uh, we ended up talking with him and sure enough here we are Cambium, that's the album. So one of the cool things about this album is you really give a lot of tip of the hats to uh, to some of your favorite mandolin players throughout the entire album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you bet I do. Yeah, I think the, the one that really has a ton of, well, there's a couple actually too, but um, Logan's Farewell is one. Sam was just in the uh, the exact same booth you were in just like the week before that. That's right. Yeah, I showed up in the in the in the recording studio, and here I am sitting at my at my station, and there's a some bish pick <laughs> sitting on the sitting on the uh, on the stool next to me, and I was like, "Oh, cool, man!" And I was like. I was like, did Sam leave this for, you know, did he leave this here for me? Because I had heard, you know, he told me that Sam was just there like the week before or something. And I was like, Sam left this for me, didn't he? He's like, no, he just leaves them everywhere. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to pretend that he left it here for me. So, <laughs> so yeah, and Logan's farewell, absolutely. I did kind of some, uh, some, some chugging. Uh, you know, Sam Bush sort of rhythmic chug to my best ability. You know, we all we all love that that uh, that classic Sam Bush sound. So I tried to just get a little bit in there. Well, yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. It's it's not easy to do. It's cool to hear the the tip of the hat. It's, I think when you do a tip of the hat, it's also probably a little bit uh, easier to pull off than if you tried to do an entire song sounding exactly like them. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh like, yeah, I could do it in short bursts. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to do it like that anyhow. And and if I tried, I couldn't do it. But you know, just a couple of you know, just some, just a little taste of it. I think I can. Sort of pay homage to the great Sam Bush. Another tune I really love on here. This one, it gives me a lot. It just reminds me a lot of your playing. You've got such that cool swing vibe. I laugh when I think how I cried over you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Little tiny yeah. more action. Some tiny more stuff. Yes, he uh Tiny Moore and Elvin Chamblin, you know, those guys in the 40s. All that Tiffany transcriptions, Bob Wills material. A lot of that stuff was written by Tiny um Tiny Moore. So, I wanted to uh 
pay homage to the great Tiny Moore by just coming up with a little solely section that was that had some stingers in it and some augmented and augmented lines and Yeah, it's it's pretty swinging for sure, dude. Your playing is so swinging. I was when we we caught a couple of your sets at um, IBMA this last year. Keith and I did from Keith from Picky Fingers there. And one of the things I kept telling him is just your uh, I love your chord voicing choices that you use. You know, you don't see a lot of anything but chop chords a lot of times, especially at IBMA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And uh, just watching your, just your, your, the fingerings and the, and the choices you choose for voicings is really cool. And how smooth and effortless you are with it, man. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. It, it, um, I think I learned long, long ago that just playing the standard chop chord wasn't for me mm -hmm. all the time. I mean, it, it definitely, you know, I, I, I do play this, the standard chop chord shapes when it's appropriate, for sure. Because, you know, especially like when a banjo's going and you just need that, that, that great rhythm or the rhythm behind the great banjo. So I do it there. But other times, yeah, man, I, I stack them a little different because it's fun. Oh, for sure. And it's, it, it just adds like to the movement of the songs and all your songs. I find it very interesting. Um, you guys do Reeling in the Years by Steely Dan. Your everlasting summer, you can see it fading fast. So you grab a piece of something that you think is going to last. Well, you wouldn't know a diamond if you held it in your hand. Think I'm precious, well, I don't understand. Are you reeling in the years? Stored away the time. Are you gathering up the tears? Have you had enough of Just a classic. And it made me think a little bit of like, this is kind of like the perfect song for you guys to cover. Because in a way, it feels like some of these songs feel like they're the the steely Dan of bluegrass, and and I say that in the sense of like it just seems like they're a little there's a little bit more thought in the actual arrangement of tunes, and again probably some of that goes to the chord voicings and stuff like that. But your songs just aren't one four five progressions, like they're they're a little bit more complex, and I love that. Oh, cool! Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a nice analogy. I think a lot of that feels like it probably comes from a little bit of your background in that swing stuff, but the way that you guys are able to take these tunes and, you know, bluegrass, obviously we play mandolins for a living. We love bluegrass music, but like any style of music, it can sound derivative uh, in some cases. And th this album doesn't feel that way at all to me if anything it feels like a like a really fresh a really fresh uh take on the style of 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 this music cool yeah 
that's what we're going for is um is bluegrass with a with a little sugar on top our type of sugar so you know when you guys sit down and write those tunes though how how do you guys sit down and, and write when you are working out a session and you know is it is it pretty collaborative or are songs brought in as full pieces to the to the band at it you know because you have a few songwriters yeah yeah most often we find it more productive if somebody comes with the tune pretty much you know pretty much arranged or, or at least a solid arrangement you know if if we come in with just a bare tune with no with 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 no direction at all there there can kind of tend to be too many cooks in the kitchen and we end up just end up just saying well we could do this and we can do this and you got a million things going so for the tunes that i write at least i usually come i've learned to come there with a solid arrangement and then we and then we polish it from there um you know all the guys step in on that grant is Grant always has some really great ideas. Yeah, the combination of you and Grant in a band is almost unfair. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. You, you know what's cool? You know the on the album, uh, Mesa's Spring... I actually wrote that tune in, we play it in E flat and I wrote it in E flat major and I, and I had kept going back and forth. Um, it's got that, that, uh, I woke and thought I heard the rumbling. Um, I kept going from like a minor third or sometimes I would sing a major third. Um, and just to make it kind of bluesy, I don't know, let's make this different. And then Grant one day was like, dude, why don't you just, you know, put the tonality in E flat minor, like just make it a minor tune. And we tried it and it was, it was a hit. So. And the other one too, uh, Sally's dancing sounds like there's a little bit kind of, it says you wrote this in real time. Yes. Yeah, I wrote it in real time. First time this has happened to me, and it was so much fun. So my wife, Sally, she's a flat foot dancer, and she was teaching a flat footing workshop at a festival in Michigan. And 
Um, she had a live backup band or a live band with her, the Round Creek String Band, a really cool um, old-time band here in Michigan. And they asked me to play with them, which is unheard of, as you know. You know, old-time bands don't do that. <laughs> but they asked me to, to, to play with them. And then after, after the workshop was over, I just had all this old-time stuff in my head and and I was in the key of A and and I started noodling around and, and the band kind of jumped in and I like wrote it in real time. So it just kind of it just fell out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I need that to happen to me more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I would I would yes. I can't wait for that to happen again. Yeah, right. And then, dude, I, I also have to mention Dixie Darling because the the, the uh, tribute there to uh, Jesse McReynolds and Jordan Ramsey, who, you know what? I have to have on this podcast. I have, I've had his name on my list for years now. I need to reach out to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jordan, um, Jordan is great. I mean, all that cross-picking stuff, you know, I've – I go through phases where I will listen to different players and uh, the great, of course, Jesse McReynolds and his cross-picking was so great. And whenever I think of Jesse, I always think of Jordan Ramsey. Um, Jordan's one of my great friends and, uh, and he, he showed me some cool Jesse-isms for cross-picking and stuff. So I owe all my cross-picking knowledge to the great Jordan Ramsey. So when you're sitting down and working out something like that new, you know, that's new to you, obviously you're a very accomplished player in multiple styles, but when some, when a new style is turned on to you like that, cause that cross picking really is so different, but yet I still see a lot of that creeping into your playing. I forget what tune it was, but man, you did a really cool, uh, you were doing some diminished cross picking up, like taking that shape up the neck. Uh, during one of the tunes it's just so smooth again and I'm like god dang it man <laughs> like I literally that's the first thing I worked on the next morning when we were sitting at the booth I'm like <laughs> so it obviously is working for you but so when Jordan shows you something like that how do you take it to you know take it home and start processing it to work for you um well when he showed me that there's it, it basically was you know there are two patterns there's the the down up up down up up down up which, which that was easy for me. Like I remember just kind of hearing that, you know, 20 years ago and picking that up. But then there's the other pattern. I have to have a mandolin in my hand. No but worries. But it's the other one. Those who, those who do the, the Jesse style picking, cross picking, they know what that is. Um, obviously, I don't do it enough to just be able to recall it without a mandolin in my hands. But... But I will, yeah, I mean, what I'll actually do is I will mute the strings with my left hand um, so I don't have to worry about the actual pitches, and I'll grab, you know, I'll just do it with my right hand so I get the, the drumming part, you know, just so I can hear my right hand actually doing it correctly. And then I'll worry about the left hand stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's how I do it. And, I de yeah, I definitely had to work on that because it is not – it's not super easy. Yeah, but you, you know, and you work out a lot of like complex stuff, though. Again, like the Western swing, not really. Usually it's thought of as, 
more advanced for sure and playing style classical obviously you know doing the mandolin orchestra stuff you've got your hand in all <laughs> so many uh styles of music but you do them all so well man it's really in, it's really inspiring to uh watch you play and hear you play thanks man keeping my mandolin boat afloat <laughs> that's great how did you guys come up with the name of this album cambium um I think I came across that we were we were just talking about all the different album titles and and uh, parts of a tree came up and cambium is the I think I just googled parts of a tree and we were looking at all sections of it and cambium is the gross layer right underneath the bark so which, which is interesting. So the, the, the growth layer of that tree is constantly changing, right? The growth layer in year one will, will eventually just be dissolved into the core of the tree. And then there's new stuff that happens. So we're like, man, that's perfect. Plus we like to have, we like to have uh, album names where people have to Google them. <laughs> Bro, that's great. <laughs> Our, our album from a few years ago was called Choreomania, and people were like, what the heck is Choreomania? Well, it's the dancing disease. Oh, man, speaking of science nerd, dude, you sent me a, you sent me that, um, the chord of nature thing, and what I'll do is I'll, I will uh, put it at the very end of this podcast. It's only about three minutes, but um, this leads to a few different questions I have, but if you... <laughs> If you want to first talk a little bit about the court of nature, it's it's pretty intriguing and in how you came up to do this recording, who you did it for, and uh, how you came up with this information. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of of science. You know, I remember seeing that you could get Lloyd Lohr's. Um, uh, you could you could get some notes from one of his physics students. Um, I forgot what university he was at, but uh, just you know, I read up on that stuff. I don't understand all of it, but um, I just like to read it. You know, I'm a science nerd, so I get into that stuff. Um, and somebody, somebody, actually, the great Evan Marshall. Um, we've. When we were when we were on the road, he's the one that kind of got me into this, and it's it's the court of nature. It's if you take a if you take a string and while it's vibrating, you you cut it in half, which is essentially the twelfth fret, right? Then you have the same note on either side of the string, right? If it's a G string, there's a there's a cut it in half. There's a G on either side. Uh, and then you cut it into thirds. You have three D notes. Cut it into fourths. You get four G notes. So on and so forth. Um, you end up with this swinging chord with like this sharp 11. You know, it's got a flat 7. It's got a sharp 11. Um, it's a swinging chord. Now, if we want to get if we want to get really nerdy about it, the hertz don't exactly line up perfectly, so it's not going to be an exact flat seven note. Um, but anyhow, it's pretty cool. And and I had um, I'm a big fan of the podcast Twenty Thousand Hertz, and they kind of put out a call for sound stories. So that was that's a sound story I did. Hopefully. 
hopefully people will enjoy it. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, then it reminded me of, um, so one of my favorite moments of IBMA was when we, Keith and I, Michigan guys, or I'm, I'm formerly a Michigan guy, lived up in Michigan for almost all my life. Uh, we were like, we should go watch. The Lions were playing the Packers and the award show was going on. So we're like, we should just, let's just find a way. Maybe I guess we'll just go back to the Airbnb or something because we wanted to play. And we saw you guys <laughs> walking towards us and we're like, <laughs> yeah. hey man, are you guys going to try to find the watch the Lions game? And you're like, yeah. So we went and then we recorded the NFL uh, theme, the Fox Sports theme song all together. That's right. Yes. We're still waiting for those royalty checks from Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Fox. At least give us some, like, sweet tickets to a Lions game, you know? Right. Yeah, man. It's kind of turned into a full-court thing now. Like, when we introduce some of the band members, we'll just go, ba-ba-bum-ba-ba-bum. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. But what – um the one thing that was – awesome about that is then i got to watch you in action so first the whole thing the way it came about was so organically like i think keith was like oh, i used to know that song and he just started plunking it and all of a sudden we were all just like oh we should learn this song and dude your ear like because then you started listening to the original lions theme song or the lions fight song and you're like <laughs> It's just like this crazy music, and you're just like, yeah, no, the, uh, you know, that I think that that note's in the bass note. I think I'm like, I, I don't hear, I can't hear any of what you're hearing, man. So, <laughs> how in the heck did you develop such a great ear? Because it was, it was pretty, pretty magical to watch you in action figuring this, some of this stuff out, man. It, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I practice it. I do it a lot. In fact, it's one of the things that I I like doing, um, like with my students and stuff. I, um, you know, if they if they give me songs, you know, as long as they're not as long as they're songs that I like, <laughs> I, I, I like figuring things out, you know. And so I've 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 had a lot of practice at that, and it's pretty fun. Um, yeah. Plus, I'm you know I'm a, I'm a big classical music fan, so I spend a lot of time reading scores and stuff. So it it, it helps to to listen to what all the different instruments are doing and and how important uh, the bass notes are, unless they're playing inversions. And then then you're then, then you got your work cut out for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> How, what do you recommend for people to, to develop their ear? Because I'm sure there's, I mean, that's one thing that um, 
you know, for me, I, I definitely am not a schooled musician, but like a, as I worked on transcribing more stuff, it's it's exciting for me every time I hear something. I'm like, I know exactly what that is, you know, and, and but it doesn't always happen. And, and watching you do it with much more complex tunes <laughs> was I was like, how in the heck can I get better at this? So what's some pieces of advice for like ear training that you would give? Um, I would say like transcribing, like even start with something easy, like a duet, like take a slow fiddle tune, a lonesome moonlight woman. Yeah. Right. So write that down. I mean, you can definitely do this all by ear, but I would also suggest, you know, writing it down, even if it's like your own weird version of tablature that only you can understand it doesn't matter but writing it down and then you know recording that and playing along with it and playing the harmony part you know um depending on you know is the harmony part above the melody or is it below and then if it's above often you can deal with you know minor and major thirds but sometimes it has to be a fourth in order to match the chord, uh, right? And then also you have to keep in keep in mind what the what the harmony of the chord is, or harmony is chord. So keeping all your all your harmony notes have to match the no, uh, the chord. Sorry, I didn't really explain that all that well. <laughs> but so so yeah, that. If you're arranging just duets there, that's probably the easiest way. And then you can arrange a trio, you know, three voices. Um, and then you really get to understand how chords work. And you've, uh, and you've listened to, you know, what all the different notes can do. So that's a good start. And then they can also sign up. Do you still take in, uh, students? Yeah. Heck yep. yeah, buddy. Yeah, man. And your your website, we talked about this before too, but your website has a bunch of incredible resources that people can go to. And uh, just recently somewhere, somebody posted a link to your version of Brilliancy because it was uh, not the Sam Bush version of it. It was done by, oh my gosh. Howdy Forrester. Howdy Forrester, yeah, yeah. And somebody was really stoked to be like, oh my gosh, I, this is cool to hear this version of Brilliancy as opposed to, you know, the, the one that seems like most people know. I got down to the bottom of what's going on with, um, with Brilliancy from Sherry McKenzie. And it's actually, uh, it's a collection of two or three tunes from uh, Howdy Forrester. So, and I'm sure that's where Sam got it. I haven't asked him, but. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great tune. It's a, it's tough and it's really, it's, it's, it's fun for the key of A on the mandolin. I love the, the, the research and, and, and depth you go into some of these things, you know, like just even going back to that Detroit Lions fight song, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, like it, it, you, you dig, you're investigating and you know, I, I just love the, uh, how much you love music. Yeah, man. Well, my my personal favorite quote on the record is my little tease for for Shost for Shostakovich String Quartet Number Three, the first movement. I did that in Logan's farewell. Um, I just 
I wanted to put that in there because Shostakovich is like my new, he's my new favorite guy, man. Shostakovich is, the, oh man, it's so good. It's so dark. Um, but there's this. That I put in there, so it's pretty cool. That's a that's one of the great things about being able to read music. I haven't, I think I've talked about this much, but there's so many, or recently I should say, but there's just so many resources out there, like fiddle music wise, even that you can go out and if you just take a few minutes, not like every one of these tunes is super complex if you go back and look at some of the fiddle tunes, but if you can teach yourself to read just a little bit sight reading wise, you know, eighth or quarter notes, there is, uh, you would never need to buy another fiddle tune book (laughs) for the rest of your life because there's so much online resource wise. And I think it's cool Mm -hmm. for the classical thing too that you can sit down and study all these parts like that, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot better. You will, you will find higher quality transcriptions. Um, if you can read music because anybody can just enter some tablature on a computer, but it takes a little bit of music knowledge to to do it with notation. So what's the, uh, what's your live setup looking like recently? What's, what, what are you doing now when you, when you go down the road? Um, I am using a DPA mic and I made, and, and Todd Kirchner and I, the bass player, we designed and built a, a clip that goes on the mandolin. Cause those of you who use a DPA mic, you know that the clip that comes with the DPA is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I, I, I believe DPA would probably agree with that because um, it just, yeah, it doesn't actually hold the, the microphone. You, you bump it and it just falls off. So so we actually 3D printed a, a, a little harness for it and then the sleeve fits right over it. Uh, anyhow, so that's I'm using a DPA into a Bix pedal. Um can't remember who makes the Bix. Uh, Grace Design. Yes, thank you, Grace mm-hmm. Design. So, and uh, and that's it. Yeah, and we're yeah we're we're all wireless, and we have in ear monitors. So that's it. It's all good until the sound guy starts moving the faders. <laughs> right. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I love the the default uh, generic sound guy move is to when you can't figure out where any feedback is coming from. It's just like, well, just pull all the life out of all your instruments. Right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Let me just pull all the dynamics right out. And so it, it, it will sound like you'll just be the worst sound you've ever heard in your life. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah there's, well, there's no feedback, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. From the crowd or from my instrument. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, man. You got yourself a Northfield? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. buddy. Let's talk about that. Yeah, man. So got myself a fourth generation Northfield. It's dated 
May of 2023, and I got it in September, and I'm loving it. I yeah, yeah. I wanted to as as uh, Jake from Hen House <laughs> so eloquently said, there there is not one mandolin to rule them all, <laughs> and 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 he's right because I mean he has like. I don't know, 300 mandolins or something. Yeah, it's right up there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, you know, I I I like to play classical with you know my with, uh, tomastic strings. Um, I just can't go back and forth, uh, you know, with strings on one mandolin on my callings. So so now my callings is strung up with tomastic and the. Uh, and the uh, uh, the Northfield is strung up with what I call peasant strings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they're great strings. I usually use the Daddario mediums, coated and non-coated. So, what type of pick? I got a blue chip. Blue chip. I use a a thirty-five for my classical stuff and a 45 for the bluegrass stuff, the TP shape. Nice. Well, uh, why the, uh, why the difference in, in picks for the two styles of music? What do you find? Um, the thinner pick gives you for classical. The thinner pick, it, it, it's a little brighter. Um, and because it's, you know, there's less mass to it. There's, uh, it's a little thinner. It, um, it seems to glide over the strings. It, there's a little more give to it. It doesn't really bend. I mean, it probably does bend a little bit, being it's a 35. Um, but I just feel like I can be a little quicker and have a lighter touch with it. Um, but it also, you can't really uh, dig in as much. Like on the Tomastics, you don't you don't need a 45, really. Um, but on the Daddario strings, yeah, the 45 or 50, you need to dig in on that thing and play some play some grass man <laughs> was it a big because you've been you've had that collings for for a lot of years was it a yeah. was it a big transition for you or did you find it not not too bad uh no the transition was fine it was i had i had played this northfield mandolin bunch i played it for a day um and fell in love with it instantly it was the neck is just right. It's very similar to my calling. So, yeah, fit right in, man. It was uh, seamless. That's great. I love those guys over there too, man. They're they're the best. And Adrian, I mean, geez, you can't couldn't get him more. Talk about we were just talking about the nerdiness and diving into stuff. He's that way with instruments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys are fantastic, man. And it's yeah, Adrian and Derek and. And their whole crew, you know, it's a small crew, really. I think he told me it's only about uh, 12 employees. Yeah, I went to their employee party one year and I was stunned at how, like, how, like, what a family vibe it had. It was like going to like a, just like a small family reunion kind of thing. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are fantastic. They're, uh, yeah, they're great, man. Well, what else you got going on, man? Are you guys going to be doing a lot of road again next year? You got this album coming out. Yeah, album's coming out. We're um, we got, you know, it's winter time or coming on winter time. We don't have a ton of gigs lined up, 
but you know the the summer is starting to line out quite well so we'll have some some cool things going up for the summer and and in the meantime here in michigan i've got tons of stuff going on i've i'm conducting two different mandolin orchestras one in grand rapids one in kalamazoo uh i just booked a dig this i'm playing the with the grand rapids symphony i'm playing the mandolin part for the um, they're doing a live orchestra with movie for the godfather oh sweet man i know right like yes yes so i'll, I'll get my I'm going to I'm going to tremolo until they can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just loosen that right hand up for, <laughs> for two days ahead of time. <laughs> oh man, well that's great. Well dude, congrats on the awesome new album. It's so great. Um I love your playing. I'm always stoked when you have something new coming out and it's always always great to see you too, man. It was really awesome to hang out at IBMA with you this year. Yeah, man, that was it was it was an incredibly great time hanging out with you and actually having a chance to to chill for a bit. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Well, man, well, you guys need to come on down to Charleston when you hit the road this summer, man. There's a place called the Charleston Poorhouse. You guys would do excellent there. That's like the uh, the cool place for the the traveling bluegrassy bands. So sweet. Yeah, you guys would crush it week my friend all right let's do it yes let's do it well thank you again brian i appreciate you buddy you bet man thank you listeners and boy thank you daniel this has been an honor oh it's a the, the pleasure's all mine bud thank you so much to brian for doing the podcast thank you so much for listening and as promised here is brian's talk on the court of nature have a great weekend cheers everybody this is brian oberlin a professional mandolin player in grand rapids michigan I'd like to tell you a sound story that is a fascinating musical phenomenon that happens all over the world every day. When you strike a single note on a stringed instrument, like a mandolin, you primarily hear the loudest part of that note, which is called the fundamental. The G note. But if our ears were super sensitive, you would hear an entire series of notes simultaneously with that one note. This myriad of notes is called the harmonic series or the overtone series, and they are divided into separate notes called partials. Think of partials as little sections of the string that are simultaneously vibrating while the entirety of the string is vibrating. Your ears can help you realize the science of this. When I strike a G string on the mandolin, you hear the fundamental. What is not audible, but is also happening, is the first partial, which is that G string divided in half, an octave higher, and it's another G note. The second partial is dividing the string into thirds, and you hear a different note, a D note. Third partial, the string is divided into fourths. You get the G note again. Divide the string into fifths, and you get the fourth partial, a B note. We'll continue doing this until we divide the string into 11 equal parts, and we get a jazzy note of D flat.
All of these single notes and partials have a quantifiable measurement of sound called hertz. Now, here's the fascinating part. If we take all 11 of these notes, the fundamental through the 11th partial, and then eliminate the partials that are doubled, and then arrange the remaining notes in harmonic order, we get a very special chord. It's a G7 with a 9 and a sharp 11. We have a type of G chord because we started with a G fundamental. If we start with a C fundamental, we will get a jazzy C chord. Since the early 1800s, this musical phenomenon has been referred to as the chord of nature because it happens naturally in our world every time a single note is struck, regardless if our ears can perceive it. This is beautiful because the world has always been inherently swinging.